Welcome in, everyone. This is another episode of Catfish on Ice with your hosts, Chad Minton and Rich Howe. It's NHL trade deadline day. The NHL trade deadline is come and gone. And one thing we can say, Rich, is at least the Preds got tougher. They got tougher. We're not going to take nothing from nobody. All three of our defensive lines will beat up your three defensive yeah. lines. Yeah, we're just tough. We're going to be the toughest kids on the block. You're not going to mess with us. All right. So uh, we're going to react to the NHL trade deadline. What did the Preds do and what did they not do, for instance? But definitely they made some moves, some very minor moves. Definitely not any big splashes by any means. But we are going to talk about some of these additions, including – a player that is already on the bench tonight for the Preds. He's making his debut really quick. You don't very see quick. that very often. You don't see that very often. I mean, he should be ready to go. Jeremy Lazan from the Seattle Kraken. Defenseman. Yeah, okay. They added some depth defensemen. We got to throw some love to our buddy Kyle Perkins, who called this like three months ago. If you remember, he did, didn't he? Did he? I do did now Ky- that you said that. Did Kyle Perkins not say that the Preds would add some big-body defensemen that takes yep. up space at the trade deadline. Yep, he sure did. That's Kyle correct. Perkins, he will be back with us very soon. He's got some stuff going on. Life happens, but he will be back with us soon. We miss him, but he called it. Kyle Perkins, he, he called it. So we're going to talk about the trade deadline, what the Preds did. Also, all the other NHL trade deadline news that happened. There are a lot of teams out there who got better today. Oh, yeah. Can't say the Preds did the same thing, though. No, not really. Um, not how these other teams got better, that's for sure. And we're also watching, conveniently enough, we're watching the Preds take on the Anaheim Ducks. They have just started this game, and uh, yeah. the it's guess what? The, guess what happened? What happened? Mark Borowiecki. First game back after being injured in the penalty box for no slashing. way, no <laughs> way. Yeah, I don't believe yep. it. All right, I know. actually, I, know. I do. I actually, yeah, really, I totally very believe much it. believe it. <laughs> I very much believe it. Actually, all right. So we're watching this game. The Preds did just kill off the first Anaheim penalty, though, that you just alluded to. So they did. There's well, that. I'm, I'm still watching the, the the penalty kill. So well, it's okay. I can go it's ahead and spare you the suspense, Rich. They killed the penalty. Killed off. Killed it off. Awesome. But uh, also, if you're listening to the full episode right now on all major podcast platforms, we were thrilled to have Boyd Farish of mm-hmm. Penalty Box Radio join us later this episode for all the NHL trade deadline reaction. He brings a wealth of knowledge to the game, and mm-hmm. we want you to hear that interview towards the end. Or you can go watch the full interview on our YouTube channel. And... Yep. We've got a Tanner Janot fight All right, right on I schedule. Just, I just saw him bumping oh! somebody. Oh, my gosh. He's about ready to oh! take take this guy's soul. That man oh. has a family. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That might be fight of the year. I'm going to tell you where 
Oh, Tanner got his got the helmet oh. off. Oh, dang! Yeah, leave that dude alone, man. Tanner Tanner took the liberty of knocking this guy out, and this guy said, "I'm going to drop the gloves." Yep. Did you? I shouldn't call him. Did you I shouldn't call him this. I shouldn't call him this guy. I should actually look up the guy's name. Actually, yeah. I didn't recognize him. Yeah, I'm but, not sure. Uh, uh, Carrick, whoever that is. All right. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, grabbed his grabbed his jersey. And then punched him while he had his jersey. That was awesome. All right. Yeah. yeah. So Sam Sam Carrick, the thirty year old. Uh, yeah, the thirty year old centerman for the Ducks. Uh, I don't think he caught the memo that you don't drop the gloves against Tanner Janot. No, you don't want to do that. That's bad form. That's for sure. So this game is opened up just like you would expect for a Preds game. To be quite honest. Well, when I first turned it on, um, Anaheim had five shots to the Predators' zero. So that wasn't really a good thing to, to start off that way. But I think they're kind of evening it up now. So This is a weird game tonight, though. This is a really weird game because you've got a Ducks team that they've pretty much signaled to the rest of the league that they're packing it in on this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were hanging around the playoff race for there for a little bit, but they definitely made some significant sell-offs mm-hmm. during this trade deadline, including Ricard Raquel, who went to the Pittsburgh Penguins, mm-hmm. which I hate to see. I don't need to right. see the Pittsburgh Penguins get any better. You don't want anybody to go there. But the uh, yeah, the Anaheim Ducks, they definitely were sellers at this trade deadline. And so when you're playing a team like this on a night like tonight, mm-hmm. It's an odd matchup because I'm sure those players for Anaheim are fired up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's what it looked like from the beginning of the game. But I think things are trying to, starting to settle down a little bit. Um, you can tell. You can tell that 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 the team is definitely you know did what they did at the trade deadline. It's also indicative there is nobody at this game. <laughs> like there are no fans at this game. All right. Uh, you can just tell that they've they, they've uh, packed it in this year already. So, well, I can just say these games can be weird though when you're when you're a team like the Predators playing against a team like this because this team has nothing to lose. The Anaheim nope. Ducks, like they they've seen the they've seen it from their front office today. <laughs> they've seen yep. they, you got to put yourself in the in the skates of an Anaheim Ducks player today or tonight oh, yeah. right now, and they're probably yeah. thinking. Wow, the front office has no faith in us. They're nope. just going to ship off our best players. Uh, they must not have any. So those players that are actually still around and playing tonight, mm-hmm. you better believe they're fired up and they're playing hard. Oh, you guarantee, yeah, guarantee that. If you think but, uh, if you think Anaheim's got it bad, imagine how Seattle feels. <laughs> they probably don't have anybody well, to play for them. <laughs> no, they're fielding an AHL team tonight. They're yeah, they're, they're definitely to, like I think the Milwaukee Admirals would have a chance to beat the Seattle Kraken tonight. They're gonna have to go grab a hot dog vendor and maybe like the Zamboni maybe. driver. Yeah, Zamboni driver is gonna be their top line center tonight. There you go. All right. All right. So we're board. <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna <laughs> react to uh <clears throat> what happened at the NHL trade deadline, including what the Preds did, of course, what they didn't do. We're going to give some grades out to some of these trades, how we feel about each move that the Preds made. We'll look around the NHL and see some of the major trades. We have to do our clutch performers of the week because tonight is Monday. We always go back and name our top three 
clutch performers of the week for the Predators. We got three games to look back on this past week. We're mm-hmm. looking back at the Pittsburgh game, which was a good one. The Philadelphia game was a heartbreaker. Not a good heartbreaker. One. Definitely. And then, <laughs> yeah. So we had some good games this week. The Preds played well. They did some good things, and we got some clutch performers to pick from out of that. Yeah, definitely. And they hurt Toronto's feelings, that's for sure. And that's always fun when you that hurt Toronto's feelings. That was feelings. pretty fun. Yeah. That, that was, was a good. that was one of that was a big game there. That was one of those games where it's like, all right, let's see if they can bounce back against Philadelphia. Absolutely. And, and, and really play well against a team that has a lot of talent. We all know yeah. that Toronto oh. has plenty of talent. Yep. Number one power play in the NHL, which was evident. Um, yeah, it was it's crazy. It's definitely crazy. Those guys are good, but not good enough that night. Nope. <clears throat> and then we will do we will do our catfish cold hard picks for this cold, week. I had a rough week last week, Rich. I uh you did, man. I went 0 and 3. You did. Went 0 for 3 on my picks. Absolutely. You went two and one. Two and one. Yep. All right. Yep, so we, we got, got a those. We got a Definitely. brand new set of picks this week. Yes. I will have my three picks. Rich will have his three. And we'll see if I can get off the schneid and actually make a correct pick this week, Rich. I think you did. I think you can. Oh, you're so you're so kind. I, lo- so I looked kind. at you, you. You sent me who you're going to pick, and I think you got <laughs> some good ones. So I think you're just being a really good friend I'm, and I, co-host. I think you're I think you I think you're good. I think you're good. All right, so we're watching this game with you. Please comment on the YouTube stream right now, or if you're watching on Twitter, tweet the show at Catfish Ice. Be sure to hit the subscribe button down below. Yes. We appreciate all subscribe subscribers. Sure. Uh, that helps a ton. As we watch UC Soros once again get completely under duress and the Ducks score the first goal of the game. Are you serious right now? <laughs> Yes, I'm serious, man. Why? Uh, it's it's oh. called. All right, let, let's break down this oh replay right gosh. now. I'm actually watching it right now. There's there's no there's no battle for the puck, man. It's just like I saw a lot of spectators on the ice. I saw the Preds watching the puck and not actually defending. Yeah, dirty puck watchers. I saw Dante. I saw Dante Fabro down there puck watching. Dare I say, yeah. I even saw Roman Yossi puck watching a little bit. Yeah, that's ugly. That was just not a good goal at all to give up. Forsberg too. Yeah, oh, what yeah, are we doing here, guys? Man. What are not we doing? Not all right, good. so Ducks are up one nothing. They've got eight shots on goal already. Welcome in, Missy. Thank you so much, Missy, for joining us. She says, hey, y'all. Thank you for joining us. Missy from Canada. We appreciate you joining us. All right, so the Preds are once again finding themselves down against a team that they should be able to easily beat. Yeah. (laughs) That's why this team is is so frustrating. Missy is glad that the Preds (laughs) – Beat the Leafs. We were too. I was yeah. really nervous about that game. Yeah, that was one of those games. That's why this team is so hard to figure out because mm-hmm. 
they 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 lose yeah. to teams like the Flyers, the Seattle Kraken. They've lost the Buffalo Sabers this season. Canadians. They, the Canadians, like, Seattle but then twice. They, yeah, but then they turn around and beat Toronto. They can turn around and beat other really good teams. They beat the Florida Panthers. They've beaten all these good teams this season, and yet they do things like this. Now it's very early in the game. I think they yeah. can, they're they're a team that that's very good at coming back. Yep. They've proven all season they can make comebacks. Yep. So no reason to worry too much, but they've had a really sloppy start to this game. Yeah, I agree 100%. Saros was probably had a little bit of – was blocked a little bit and couldn't really get a good view of the puck. So I don't know. You really don't – I don't want to blame him for it just because there was like three predators right in front of the net and they didn't do anything, so – so this is episode 115 of Catfish and Ice as we give you live game reaction of the Preds versus the Ducks. This post-trade deadline game night. Mm. It's got to be weird for the players because they don't have any control over what the front office decides to do. Nope. So it's got to be weird for them as well. Even though the Preds didn't trade anybody big on their main roster, they didn't mm-hmm. trade anybody on their main roster. They kept everyone intact. So it can't be, it's probably not weird in that sense, but I'm sure that the players can't help but wonder like, okay, what is the vision of this team? What happened today? Um, You would like to think that a lot of the veterans probably don't think about it that much because they know it's part of the business. Right. But, uh, but yeah, so that's kind of was David Poyle's whole argument today with his trade deadline approach was he did not want to mess with the core of this roster, and mm-hmm. that's what he was quoted as saying. I'll actually read the quote right now. This was from – I got this quote from Emily Proud of WKRN News 2 locally. Quote-unquote, Poyle said, We are very happy with our team. We are very happy with our competitiveness. I love our identity with our team. Our group wasn't looking to be too disruptive to this team. Rich, what do you think about when you hear that quote? Well, to be fair, he he has been saying that for for a little bit, and he did kind of warn everybody that we probably weren't going to be sellers or buyers. Um, Yeah, it's just kind of weird because we're not 100% sold on how well they would do in the playoffs if they're fortunate enough to make it into the playoffs, which I think they will. So, you know, we wanted to maybe see a little more movement than what we saw. Um, everybody's mad because they didn't sign Forsberg in time. Um, there's still plenty of time to get that done. But, yeah, I don't know. It's just weird. You know, they say identity a lot, and that's what they're going with, and that's what they've mm-hmm. gone with the past few years. They haven't made any changes, and they've had not great luck. So, uh, hopefully this year will be different. That's the overall prevailing theme of this trade deadline for the Predators is they didn't want to mess with what's already working. Mm -hmm. They didn't trade away any current starters. Their roster is intact. You know, you heard rumblings that maybe Luke Cunning was the type of player that you could move. Uh, You even heard some people, doomsdayers, thinking that Philip Forsberg was going to be traded. But Elliot Friedman kind of squashed that early in the day with his tweet Mm -hmm. saying 
that the Preds aren't going to trade Forsberg, but that also a deal wasn't going to get done today. And that's exactly what happened. And so there's still that chance that Forsberg could be re-signed before he officially hits free agency this offseason. But what really makes you wonder and what makes you think, now all the leverage and all the power is in Philip Forsberg's hands. When it, in his camp, when it comes to negotiating power, he he has to really want to stay here at this point for him to choose to choose Nashville over another destination. I agree, one hundred percent. After hearing the things that Poyle said, and I know nobody said Philip Forsberg hasn't really said anything one way or the other, but it makes you feel like definitely something is going to happen and it's going to wind up being in the predator's favor and he'll stay and whatnot. So I did kind of get a little bit better feeling about it. i never did. Well, I can't say that. I, I didn't think they would trade him away today because I think that would just destroy everybody else on the team. That would be bad for Matt Duchesne. Obviously that would be bad for just the whole team. The mm-hmm. whole chemistry they have would be, would be gone and they'd be done. Their season would be over it would be over if they would have done that today. Yeah. So I and do get a better a, feeling about it. And to kind of allude to what you're saying as well, Rich, and I totally agree with you. Um, also, I think that if Poyle behind closed doors knows way more, obviously than what we know uh, and what almost everyone knows out there, mm-hmm. I can promise you that if he thought that there was no way that Philip Forsberg wanted to sign here, then he would have traded him. Oh, I think so. I actually yeah, I think he would have. If he was going to be a true general manager that was mm-hmm. thinking about the long-term interest of this franchise, <laughs> which is what a lot of people are, are worried about right now, and rightfully so, if he truly felt that way, he would have traded him today. Yeah. I think in his heart of hearts, Poyle knows a lot that we don't know, obviously. Mm-hmm. He feels like, that there just wasn't enough time before the deadline to get a deal worked out. It's a very complicated negotiation, but eventually they're going to get it figured out. Yeah, I think they will. I mean, it seems like they will. Um, Philip Forsberg had had said he wants to play his contract out and he's going to get his wish. Um, I think he's done so many good things here. He spent his whole career here. I just really feel that he'll uh, they'll get it done, which is going to be awesome. Uh, Rich, we almost had a Rich, team. Rich, we almost awesome. had a bang just now. We almost had a bang. I saw he, it. John Gibson made a really, really good save. It was yep. a two on one, two on one action. You had Philip Tomasino break into the zone. Oh. You found Alex Carrier breaking in, and unfortunately, John Gibson made a really good save. We've got a new uh, we've got a new uh, joiner here for the podcast. We got a mod joining us on YouTube. He says, "Who we got winning this, fellas?" That's a good question. <laughs> all right, I'll start. Rich, Rich, well, let's go ahead and break it all out now with our predictions. I know it's one nothing Ducks right now, but I'm going to go ahead and put my money where my mouth is. I got mm-hmm. the Preds winning this game three to two in overtime. Oh, in overtime. I think things hmm. are going to settle down. I don't see the Ducks scoring too many more goals. They gave up one. It was a sloppy goal they gave up. 
I'm going to go ahead and and put it all out there, put my chips on the table. Since Ahmad was so kind enough to join our podcast tonight and ask that question, who we got winning this, I'm going to say Preds win 3-2 to two in overtime. All right, I'm going to go 4-2 in regulation, Predators. Oh, okay. All right. I think they'll get I, it figured out here. I say 3-2 to two because we got two really good goaltenders tonight. John Gibson is a... He can play like a Vesna type goaltender at times. Yes, he can. That's true. Wow, so that's a good point. That's I, good point. I, I don't see the Preds piling up the goals tonight either, but I no, don't think the Ducks point. are just going to do it either. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm right on that. But obviously, I don't think the Ducks are going to. Yep. They got an early one here. They got an early one. Good for them. But I'm going to go ahead and call it three to two. Ducks or the Preds beat the Ducks in overtime. Yep. Rich has got four to two Preds in regulation. All right. I think so. Missy said three, one Preds. That's her thought. All right. We're all <clears> staying <throat> optimistic here. Even though so, the Preds are down one, nothing, we're staying optimistic. It's a long it's all game. Good, good question, Ahmad. Game. Thanks for joining. Yep, for sure. All right. Going back to Forsberg though, let's get back into yep. that. So yeah, I, I think that they're going to eventually figure it out. I think Forsberg wants to stay here. And it's just a very tough negotiation. It's just, it's tricky. It's tough. It's complicated. I'm sure there's something to do with the term of the contract Mm -hmm. that Poyle is probably having a hard time with. You know, he's probably having a hard time handing out another eight-year contract. I think in this case, it's warranted, though. So... In the immortal words of Run DMC, it's tricky. It's tricky, yes. Tricky, That's got to be the tricky. woo, woo. The Preds just about fell down two nothing there. Soros had to really flash his pad Ugh. to uh, keep that. You'll see it here in a second, Rich. Uh, <coughs> all right, Mike, if our pre- Mike, if our if our predictions are going to come true, then the Preds got to really tighten up defensively right they now. Sure do. They sure do. Mike Twitter doesn't have access to the game, he says, so nobody's going to be doing the bang yet. We're going to have to do the bangs for him. Yep. We got we to gotta, we gotta carry the mantle for him tonight. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Soros is just under fire. He sure is. Wow. What are we doing, guys? What are we doing? Why are we messing around tonight against no no – no offense to the Anaheim Ducks, but why are we messing around with this team tonight? Wow, there you team. go. Bang! Oh. And it's the captain. It's the captain, Roman Yossi. This man cannot be contained. It's insane that he's not. What is this dude doing? Oh, they got a four on two. Let's see. I'm just not. Tomasino. Tomasino. Gosh, he's directing man. traffic. He's he has got. Did you see that pass from Philip Tomasino? I, I, I did. I did. He man, I'm telling oh. you, his his shot. He's either got like, oh look, here you go. Missy did the bang. Thank, Thank you, Missy. you, Missy, for for filling in with the bang. There you go, Missy. All right, Roman Yossi awesome. scores his 18th goal of the season. Not to be overlooked was Philip Tomasino's. Second straight shift of having a nice zone entry to create a scoring chance. Right on the tape. 
Tomasino nearly set up Alexander Carrier for the first goal of the game, and John Gibson go. made a really good save. He does it again, and he finds the captain, Roman Yossi, who snaps it past John Gibson, and we got ourselves a 1-1 game. Awesome. We'll take it. That's, a, that's awesome. We'll always take it. All right, as we continue to watch Preds versus Ducks on episode 115, let's get into our opening face-off of tonight, which is, of course, what did the Preds do today for the NHL tread deadline? What are mm. Let's give some grades out. We'll throw some grades out there just because grades are always fun. And um, kind of talk about do we think the team got better? Do, they, do we think they could have done more? And, of course, the main trade that the Preds made that everyone's talking about is dealing a second-round pick in this year's draft, 2022, for defenseman Jeremy Lazan from the Seattle Kraken. The Seattle Kraken are dishing out players left and right. Everything must go. The Seattle Kraken are rich. The Seattle Kraken are one of those teams. They're like the business that's going out of business, the, the local They're going out the of local, business sale. The local retail store that says everything must go, and they have like 20 signs in the window saying everything must go. Yeah. That's the you're Seattle not, Kraken. You're not going to recognize them next year. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so sure. they signed Jeremy Lazan, who is a former draft pick of the Boston Bruins and was kind of a little bit of a failed draft pick for them. But mm. he fits yeah. the identity of this team. He's a bruiser. All you see in his prospect reports is he'll stick up for his teammates. He won't back down. He'll fight. He'll do all these things. But really, his ceiling is most likely a third-pairing defenseman, and you deal a second-round pick for that. I'm sorry. It's not about the player. For me, it's more about what you gave up to get that player when you already have a, a player like Jeremy Davies in the system. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about it <clears throat> all day. The only thing I can come up with is whoever scouted him for Poyle, they, he must have saw something that they liked. I will say, so the year before he got picked up by Seattle in the expansion draft, he, he played almost the full season with Boston. Um, Boston has really good uh, defensive pairings, so I can see where he would get – overlooked a little bit in their system. Um, They're all about Charlie McAvoy, you know, guys like that. And then, you know, he got shipped to Seattle in the expansion draft. Seattle's just been not great all season, so you can't really expect much out of that. So I'm just guessing that he showed somebody something and they they liked him. That's a good point. I mean, a lot of people – I mean, I know everybody's upset about the second-round pick. And, you know, that might be a little bit of an overpay – but I, there's just got to be some kind of plan in place that we don't know about. We, you know, we have no insider information. So, you know, I think there's I something agree. else. Something That's else good, man. And, and it really, it does address a need that we brought up, which mm-hmm. was defensive depth. I mean, we did, I brought that up. I thought, I now I was Jeremy Lazan a player that I had as that player? No. But uh, I would have liked to have had a Calvin DeHaan from the Chicago Blackhawks or a Justin Braun who ended up mm-hmm. going to the New York Rangers for a third-round pick. <laughs> yep. I yeah. would have preferred a Justin Braun who would most likely be a rental. I get it. Whereas Lazan 
might not be a rental. He's a restricted free agent. So you've mm-hmm. got some leverage there. The front office does. And David Poyle came out and said that their plans are to re-sign Lazan for to where he's not a rental. So yeah. thinking long-term wise, this was not just a rental move for the Preds. David Poyle's thinking the long game. He's thinking down the mm-hmm. road. Yep. And we know <clears throat> we know that they <clears throat> signed uh, Mark Borowiecki for next season as well. He took a little bit of a pay cut. Matt Benning's a, a – uh, So now Matt yeah. Benning's looking like the odd man he, out. He, he's a free season. agent, yeah, at the end of the season. And I will say I like Benning a lot. He plays really well with Mark Borowiecki. But I have to think that Lazan's a little bit of an upgrade. I don't know. It just seems All like right. he – he, he might be just a little bit of an upgrade. He might be. In that, and and in that he's spot. younger, right? He's a little bit younger than Matt Benning, right? Yeah, he's only like, yeah, like 25 maybe. I don't remember exactly. No, Lazan's 25, <laughs> but I think I, I'm I don't know escaped how me is. what Matt Benning is. He's uh, Matt Benning's 27. So he's, oh, okay. so Lazan's yeah. a little younger than Matt Benning as well. Uh, so yeah, you're, you're hoping to get a player in Lazan who can find a home. In Nashville, mm-hmm. a long-term home. Yep. Yeah, that'd be awesome. All right. <clears throat> and then also you look at, you know, Mark Borowiecki. He's been hurt some this season. So you got to kind of look at that as well. Um, when when Borowiecki's out and then Benning is out right now, who did they call up? Tennyson and Davies. So now they have someone who's got some more NHL experience. You know he's a he's a big a big boy. Uh, he blocks some shots. So we have ourselves a major scrum behind the net here. Uh oh. Yeah. Normally you see it in front of the net, but here it's like happening behind the net here behind the goal. Let's see what did they do? Of course, Luke Cunning's in the middle of it. Yeah. Oh. What are they mad about? Jeez. I don't know, but Luke Cunning's the center of it. He sure is. The Ducks players are all about it. Ah, uh, he. What do you do? That's what we're trying to figure out here. Let's see. Luke Cunning was crashing the net. He kind of went in on John Gibson. Granlin got completely turned away. He had an open net, and Gibson made the save. Let's see. Oh, okay, Cunning took replay. a Cunning just took a. He, oh, that's dumb. Come on now. Really? Cunning just Cunning just took a normal hit. He took a normal shoulder. Nothing dirty. Okay. Yeah, Ducks players are all in their feels. They're just they're all, mad. Yeah, they're all emotional. He hit. I don't. Okay. I, yeah. I didn't see. I, I didn't. I didn't see Luke Cunning do anything that that really deserved that kind of response from the Ducks. But okay. Yeah. They're just mad. Right. I get well, it. The, Pre- the Preds got a fire under their butts now. They, they've they've woken up. They're awake now. Mm-hmm. They might have hit that snooze button a little too quick, but uh, they're awake. <laughs> And it's a, it's a tie game, 1-1. We're in the last minute of the first period Yep. as we continue to talk about what the <clears throat> Preds did at the NHL trade deadline today. And so, yeah, the Jeremy Lazan pick is the big one that we're all going to talk about today. Uh, that's the major move they mm-hmm. made. And to shore up that defensive depth, you got to think that that means, if anything, we're not going to see much more of Ben Harper. I doubt it. So I think that might be a good thing, folks. 
Yeah. I so everyone see, I can can't just imagine we would. Everyone can just calm down a little bit because if that means that uh if that means that Ben Harper's not in the lineup anymore, then it's all okay. Yeah. Jeremy Lazan's already got six minutes of ice time in this game tonight. Mm-hmm. He's already registered one hit and one block in this game. Hey man. I hope it he's works play- out. He's playing as number 72, everybody, by the way. That's his number. So remember that. Yep. He is out there and he's already played six minutes of ice time in this first period. Yep. Matias Ekholm is out. With a block and a hit. <clears throat> they said Matias Ekholm so, has an illness, non COVID related. So, so we'll, we'll him- continue to keep an eye on that as far as this game is concerned, as we're at the first intermission and it's tied one-to-one. The Preds really, really woke up towards mm-hmm. the end of that period and put it on. They really put it on John Gibson and the Ducks there. And so good response from the Preds after kind of sleepwalking through Absolutely. the first five minutes of the game. Absolutely. All right, let's talk about another move that the Preds made today. It was a lot more of a minor move, but one that if you've been following this team for a long time and you really know about the minor league team and the Milwaukee (laughs) Admirals, then it's kind of hard to see this player get traded away. But Frederick Allard gets traded to the Los Angeles Kings system Mm -hmm. in exchange for a prospect of our own. We get Ford Braden Burke. Who has had some good? He's had some good seasons in mm-hmm. the AHL. He's yep. had some really good seasons, and he's also played in the WAHL as well. So the Preds kind of fulfill a a what they think was probably a bigger need in their prospect pool by trading away a lard, which we all know that there's a pretty big log jam of defensemen mm-hmm. in Milwaukee sure. right now. So they probably thought saw it as we could probably stand to trade away a player like Frederick Allard and get us another forward, another player who can score, another player who has some offensive value. Yep. And so they get this uh, this guy, Braden Burke, yep. who is 25 years old. He has four seasons in the AHL already. 21 goals, 52 points in 2019-20 season. He has 17 points in this current season in 31 games. Not bad, not shabby not at all. And but Braden Burke has yet to crack the NHL yet. He has not been in the NHL despite being 25 years old. So he's pretty much been a career minor league player up to this point. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Um, our friend CJ earlier said he was he was uh, upset because they got rid of Allard. That was like his favorite player for Milwaukee. So, yeah, unfortunately. CJ, CJ's having a rough day. He is, a very rough day. <laughs> Our, and we're going to actually have CJ on the podcast probably next week. We're going to try to find a time for him because CJ yep. knows a lot about the Milwaukee Admirals. Mm-hmm. Uh, CJ is has was on the podcast like in episode two or three. Yeah. Really early. If you really want to go all the way back in the archives, CJ joined us in a very early episode. CJ has been a, a buddy of ours for a long time. Oh, yeah. He's in the podcast fantasy hockey league, and mm-hmm. he knows his his Milwaukee Admirals. He knows all about that team. He follows that team more than oh, he yeah. actually probably follows the Predators team. Like mm-hmm. that is his favorite team is the Milwaukee Admirals. 
Yep. And so we're going to have him on next week, hopefully, and we can kind of talk about how he feels about some of these decisions that are going on for the He's admirals like right it. now. He's not going to like it. He gave he the president like F. He gave the president F in his he absolutely uh, did. <laughs> a flat F. Hey, man. I get it. I get it. I get it. CJ it, pops it. in on the comments every now and then on the stream. Maybe he'll pop in later. But, yeah, uh, awesome. but um, all right, Very let's go awesome. ahead and give our own grades. Yeah. For, and it, let's go ahead and just pull the gloves off right now. And I'll go ahead, and uh, I'm not going to go as far as CJ went. No. I'm not. I'm going to give the Preds a very, very mediocre C, a flat C. And I I, I would give him a C, and I would honestly even be inclined to maybe even go a B if they had Philip Forsberg re-signed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I give them a C. Huge. The reason why I give them a C and I don't give them a D or an F like CJ did is uh, with all due respect to CJ, I love him. I respect his opinion. I disagree that it's not that bad. And the reason why, I disagree with a lot of Predators fans right now on this, actually. Um, I'm probably in the minority here. I don't think it's as catastrophic as a lot of people are making it out to be because – I do agree with a lot with what Poyle said. Why mm-hmm. I don't want to disrupt the team's chemistry. The team has already gone this far. They've overperformed. They've proven that they can beat really good teams. They're within a sneezing distance of being in second place in the division right now. And you've got to just, why would you shake up that roster? Now, I was of the opinion that they could have absolutely entertained going after a Max Domi, or uh, we, we talked about Jake DeBrusque out there for a little yeah. bit. Phil Kessel was was kind of – we were thinking about secondary scoring options, right? Mm-hmm. Thinking about depth scoring. But yep. is it really the end of the world? Do we think the Preds could pull off a first-round upset? Do we think they could hit some magical run in the playoffs kind of like they did in 2017? It's very possible. So I just don't think that Poyle was willing – to go too crazy at this deadline. He I'm sure he heard some offers. I'm hurt. I'm sure he oh, yeah. I'm sure he shopped around. I'm sure he did behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he shopped around and he probably just did not like the asking price that a lot of these teams had for some of these players. Yeah. I mean that's true. You I, I we we know one hundred percent that he did his due diligence and 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 shopped around and looked around and see what was out there. But um to be fair, he told us, you know, a little bit that they probably weren't going to be doing much of anything. And if you look at it in the grand scheme of things, he they they didn't. He, they did exactly what he said. They didn't do much. Um, I know everybody's mad about that second round pick. That's that's a huge sticking point for everybody, but it's not the end of the world. I don't think. I, I'm. I, I would prefer that. How do how do I word this? I think it's good that he that he did get someone like Lazan because he and he wants to keep him instead of just getting a rental because what's going to be the point of disrupting the team to get a rental person in here and then they get bounced in the first round and then the dude leaves you hurt the team by bringing in someone who might not be a good fit I just I don't know I just think it's it, it played out pretty well I think if we would have got Forsberg 
signed before the trade deadline was over, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. Everybody would be nice and happy. So, I mean, I still give him a C because I would have liked to actually have had a Justin Braun in here, a veteran or a Calvin DeHaan. If you're really trying to upgrade this team for the playoffs, I don't know how much a Jeremy Lazan really makes this team better in the playoffs. That's just me. I think me and you are kind of disagreeing there a little bit on that. I think you're a little higher on Lazan than I am, which is fair. But I also respect the fact that Poyle – um, wanted to respect this current team and show the confidence in this current team. And I do mm-hmm. think that these current players who are playing tonight for the Preds respect the hell out of Poyle for mm-hmm. for trusting in his team. And yep. I can tell you that goes a long way. It does. And it kind of it alludes to what you were just saying, Rich. You were talking about not disrupting the team. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what Poyle talked about in his post. Post after the trade deadline, he did his press conference. Yep. And like it or not, I'm sure the players really appreciate that Poyle did not shake up this team and that he showed the confidence in this current roster to not shake it up. Yeah, absolutely. I think that does go a long way. Um, I'm sure he's going to give them the the speech. This is This is what we got to work with. And if you guys want to go farther than the first round this time, Everybody's got to step up. So that means I give I give him a C because he did not get Phil Forsberg re-signed before the trade deadline. I got to give him a C for that. I got to knock down at marks on him for that. And then I also do think he could have done a little bit more on the defensive side of things. I when I see Justin Braun going to the New York Rangers for a third round pick, and when I see Calvin DeHaan was out there who I think Calvin DeHaan would have been a really good addition to this team. I actually think he would have addressed a major major upgrade to this playoff Mm -hmm. team. Uh, Whereas (laughs) Lazan, I don't know how much better Lazan is than what this team already had, but we'll see. We'll see. I could be wrong on that, but that's why, so that's why I go a very average C for David Poyle at the trade deadline. Nothing special, nothing great. But I don't think it's as bad as what people are saying either. So he's yeah. right there, mediocre in the middle for me. What's your grade? Give it. Think, give me your grade, Rich. I think I'd probably do like a B minus. Okay. I mean, not the reason I wouldn't give him an F, obviously, is because he he basically told us what he was going to do, um, and he and they did. He carried through with exactly what he he wanted to do. He he said we're not going to be sellers, probably not going to be buyers. He did what he had to do. On, on the other hand, you do look at there were some people out there that would have been awesome to get, like you said. Um, but in the end, you know, they, they saw something that they liked in this dude, obviously. I don't I just I don't know what it is. Uh, I think they like that he's, you know, a rough dude, like you talked about in the beginning, uh, can beat everybody up. So I, think I that's do what think they like. the big pull away I do get from today's trade, trade deadline when it comes to the Predators is they really did reload Milwaukee a little bit. They did that as well. They yeah. focused on Milwaukee big time. Mm-hmm. And so you got that to take away from it a little bit. Um, I, I, I want to share um, – so I already shared one David Poyle quote, but I want to share another one from uh, Brooks Bratton where uh, Poyle said, this is regards to Philip Forsberg. And we started seeing like 
this this got me really, really like freaking out there towards the end before the trade deadline. We saw some rumblings that possibly they were testing the waters on trading Philip Forsberg, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is what quote uh, this is what uh, David Poyle said per uh, Brooks Bratton. Uh, David Poyle said, "Quote: We never ever seriously got into trading Philip Forsberg. I have faith we will be able to come up with a deal Phil likes." And we will live happily ever after for many years. End quote. There I'm sorry, but am I? Is this like some type of weird breakup story, like love story, Rich? That we're reading here. Like <laughs> this sounds like it. somebody. This sounds like somebody almost broke up with the other person, and then that person's like, "Oh no, baby, I was never going to break a, up with you. We're going to be together forever." <laughs> it was just a misunderstanding. I would never break up with you. We love each other. We'll be together forever, happily ever after. I don't know. But yeah. I just found that quote very interesting. What got me is when when we watched the the last game when he uh, broke the um, the record. After he was done, when he got the, the first star of the game, he was skating around and he was patting his chest right on the, the Predator logo. And then you started listening, like if you go on, on on Twitter, it's like watching cat videos on YouTube. You just keep watching them and watching them and going deeper and deeper. Some people were like, oh, he loves Nashville so much. That was him saying, I'm not going Conspiracy anywhere. Conspiracy theories. Yeah, right. And then the next, the, another person was like, I think that was him saying farewell to Nashville because I, I love you guys, but I've, I've enjoyed my time, but I'm going somewhere else. It's just, it's, it's too much. It's just too much. The point is we don't really know. Don't know a thing. And it's okay to say, it's okay for you to come out sometimes and say, I don't know. Yep. And only Philip Forsberg (laughs) truly knows what, what he's going to do. And we, I've actually, we've said that for a while now on the show and it's still really true now. And he has all the leverage now. Mm -hmm. He can actually, actually for Philip Forsberg's sake, he might even get paid more now than what he was going to get before. Cause he have, it has even more, negotiating power absolutely he does yeah so he has all the negotiating power now at the negotiating table david poyle has no leverage now if david poyle truly (laughs) feels like he has to keep forsberg which Mm -hmm. it's going to be indefensible if he does not re-sign forsberg at this point oh yeah well he's going to have to probably overpay him even more now oh i think so I, i think so I agree 100%. And they, if you listen to um, Poyle's press conference, he made it sound like the only thing that kind of was sticking was was how much was the money. So, I don't know. Maybe that's all it is. Maybe it's just somebody wants a huge amount and Poyle doesn't want to give a big, massive amount and they need to just meet in the middle and get it over with. For so. sure. This is episode this is episode 115 of Catfish on Ice with Chad Minton and Rich Howe, your host, presented by DraftKings, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. We've got Boyd Farish of Penalty Box Radio joining us. We're going to talk more about all this stuff going on here. Until then, we are at the first intermission of the Preds versus the Ducks. And the Preds really responded towards the end of that period to tie this game at one. Roman Yossi continues his hot streak. With a goal on a beautiful cross ice pass from Philip Tomasino, it was just gorgeous on all yeah. on all accounts. 
Philip Tomasino show Philip Tomasino is showing his ice vision to find Roman Yossi for that goal. What a pass that was from Philip mm-hmm. Tomasino. Uh, awesome stuff there. So we are tied one to one. We're about to do our clutch performers of the week. Before we get to that, let's look at the rest of the trades that happened today, Rich, around the NHL. Oh, yeah. Some big ones that happened. What else can we start with? Then Mark andre Fleury, the flower, gets out of Chicago like we were talking about. But as happy as I am for him, Rich, I do not like that he is staying in the division. No, and that could also be a first-round um, opponent for the Predators, depending on where I, they wound up. I do not like the thought of going up against Mark Andre Fleury in a first-round playoff series. Do yeah. not sign me up for that. Yeah, and a, and a probably more happy Mark Andre Fleury. Oh yeah, probably... great for him. It's been a great day for him to get out of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yep, he's probably very uh, ecstatic. I'm sure. I think he's and actually. What did, they, what did they give up for that trade? Um, what, did, what did Minnesota give up for that? Gosh, we could pull it up real quick. Yeah, I watched all of it unfold, and so much happened. That, let's see, we got it right here. A conditional draft pick, <laughs> <laughs> a conditional second round pick that will become a first round selection if the Wild yep, make yep. the conference finals. And Flurry wins four games in the first two rounds. That's so weird. That's so many different conditions. So basically, if the Wild like really perform well in the playoffs, and it's because of Mark Andre Flurry, then that pick will become a first round pick <laughs> for the Chicago yeah. Blackhawks. So Just if you're, in, he said a second, yeah. So it's but it, it's a conditional second. It could become a first yeah. round pick. So if yep. you're the Chicago Blackhawks right now, you're cheering for the Minnesota Wild. You're like, go to the conference finals, turn that into a first round pick. Absolutely. But a, Absolutely. what a what a great pickup for Minnesota. They've got a goaltender now that can that's more than capable of carrying them through the playoffs. Mm-hmm. We already know that the Minnesota Wild have plenty of scoring options. They've got a, a really good roster. They've fallen on hard times recently. They've kind of hit a really rough patch of their season. But let me tell you, the Preds beat them recently. But the Minnesota Wild, they made a big power move today by getting Marc-Andre Fleury. They sure did. And they yeah, didn't they have did. to give up hardly anything to get him. Not really. Yeah, it's good. I'm, I'm really <clears> – <throat> I was thinking about it. I'm really glad that, that they were able to move him because it's just – it was a train wreck for that guy, man. Like, he, he, he really – well – he did have the choice. He he wanted to keep playing hockey, which is totally understandable. And then, you know, on paper, it looked like Chicago was going to be way better than they were, but it just turned into a train wreck, and now he's free of it. So, it's awesome. Good for him. So, that's a big move. I would definitely call the Minnesota Wild one of the winners mm-hmm. of trade deadline day, for mm-hmm. me anyway. I think they come out a big winner out of the trade deadline. And then another winner I have for – for this trade deadline day is the Florida Panthers. Oh yeah. They, they land Claude Giroux in the uh, sweepstakes of Mm -hmm. the trade deadline. I, no pun intended rich, but the rich get richer. Hey man, those dudes are going all in. That's for sure. (laughs) They are. They've got, they've got the entire roster to win a cup this year for sure. Wow. 
So, so I was just checking the I was just checking the score real quick. The Wild beat the Golden Knights three to nothing. Three to nothing. Yeah, back to Florida. Yeah, man, they they're 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 pumped and ready to go now. So they're uh yeah, if if they uh have any issues. Well look at this. Well, not only did they get Claude Giroux, but they all they also got Sherratt. Mm-hmm. So yep. they are, I mean, they made two really significant major additions to their team, both on offense and on defense. Yeah, I would say they're probably the winners of the trade deadline. Because <laughs> they uh, got they got Ben Sherratt from the Montreal Canadiens. There were some Preds fans who were like thinking hopelessly that Ben Sherratt could be added to the Predators. Like that mm-hmm. would have been a power move that David Poyle could have made. But yeah, I mean, the Florida Panthers absolutely walked the walk when it comes to going yeah. all in and building their roster. I mean, yep. they are completely stacked. I'm just happy that they're in the Eastern Conference and the Preds don't have <laughs> to play them. Absolutely. Yeah, that'd be woof, ugly. We already got to contend with Colorado. Possibly, Anthony, so, so P- Panthers forward Anthony Claire said this about the team's uh, trade deadline moves. You don't hear players say this this often about front office moves. Mm-hmm. Normally, players stay out of all this. But Anthony Declare of the Panthers said, quote, it sends a clear message that we're all in and we're really excited moving forward, for sure. So they're in. They're all in. They're ready. Claude Giroux, I mean, I'm, we, we got to face the Flyers the other the other day. And they did the big ceremony for him for his thousandth NHL game. And it was emotional for them to see a player like that get traded away. He knew it was his last game in a Flyers uniform, most likely. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Flyers played inspired hockey and they ended up beating the Predators. Yep, they did. It was tough to watch, that's for sure, because the Predators actually had a chance to, to win. At one point, and just so I would, uh, yeah, imploded. I would call the Panthers and the Minnesota Wild for sure two winners of the trade deadline. Yeah. I would also, you're gonna, you're gonna laugh at this, but I actually mean this. I would actually throw the Seattle Kraken in as winners at the trade deadline. They're yeah, because uh, they realize the they're building for the future. The, at, at the very right. least. They realize their place in this whole game. They are the more prototypical, normal mm-hmm. expansion team. The Vegas Golden Knights were not – they were an exception to the rule. Most, very, expansion very teams, so. most expansion teams have to take the long road to success. Mm-hmm. And so I actually think the Seattle Kraken had a really, really good trade deadline day. They stocked yeah. up draft picks. They piled up draft picks. They're not interested in this season – they know that this season's over with, and they maximized it with what mm-hmm. they had. And got, yep. I mean, hell, they got a second round pick from the Preds for yeah. a player that wasn't working for them. So mm-hmm. I'll give the Seattle Kraken, um, I'll, I'll go ahead and call them a winner today. I think so too. Yeah. I mean, like you said, they're definitely looking to the future. Um, the, the expansion draft didn't quite work out for them as well as they thought. And now they're going moving forward. I mean, that's all they can do. So, yeah. They'll, they'll, let me they'll give be you a, the road, let so. me give you a loser for a trade deadline. <laughs> all right. I'm not going to say the Preds. I'm actually not going to say the Preds. 
No. I think the Toronto Maple Leafs were losers mm. in the trade deadline. They got Mark Giordano. I don't think that makes them any better than some of these other teams who made moves in the Eastern Conference. You look at the Eastern Conference. We just brought up the Florida Panthers. <laughs> I thought I think the Boston Bruins got a lot better today. They they re-signed Jake DeBrusque. Mm-hmm. They, they, they stuck to their guns and held on to him. Uh, so I think they got better. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes are still out there as a as a great team. I just don't – Tampa Bay Lightning are still the defending back-to-back champs. I don't know that the Toronto Maple Leafs did enough to, to not right. be anything more than another first-round playoff exit. Yeah, yeah, it's you're absolutely true. I don't think – they didn't really move the needle any, um, that's for sure. Um, I mean, I like I like Mark Giordano. I think he's a decent player. I don't. I just don't know if that's really. If you're a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs, I don't really know that that's really yeah. enough for them to be Stanley Cup contenders no, like they want to be. Probably not. I would agree. Um, you brought up Carolina. I think they got Max Domi. Actually, they did. So that that's going to help them out a little bit. And then the they Boston, were Boston. they were very quiet. The, the were. Hurricanes were very quiet until the very end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Boston, like you said, got DeBrusque, and they also got uh, Lindholm from Anaheim. Yes, from the Ducks, that yes. Was, that was another a, that good was move. So that's what I'm saying. So a lot of teams around the Maple Leafs, the teams in the Eastern Conference they're going to be competing with, got much better, where I don't feel like the Maple Leafs got any better, really. Our man Justin coming through for us. There you go. Bang there from Justin is. Gambino. And we're seeing the goal right now. They just, they're really getting in on the pucks. Loose pucks in front of the net. They're looking yep. for rebounds. And Ryan Johansson scoops up the dirty laundry. He sure did. Ryan Johansson's probably got like your picture after what you said about him. He's like, I'll show at Chad. That That's totally what's happening, Rich. <laughs> that's totally what his motivation is right now. He's did you, uh, Rich. Are you a Rocky fan? Did you ever watch the Rocky oh. movies? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Definitely. So uh, you remember in Rocky Four where um, Sylvester Stallone has Drago picture on his mirror and he crumples yes. it. He like reaches. So Ryan Johansson has my picture, my he goofy does. picture on his mirror, and he looks up at it and he rips it down. He's like, "I'll show him." That's right. He's talking to his his yeah. bulldog, and he's like, "We're going to show him who's boss. We're going to show that that dumb catfish that on ice. Host. Catfish on ice guy. <laughs> I wish I had that much influence. I know, right? Maybe but yeah, maybe. Ryan Johansson has really played well lately. I can't take anything yeah. away from him. That was a really good team goal, though, by the Preds. There, mm-hmm. they really they really came in on Gibson, or Gibson couldn't really go anywhere. Yep. With the, and, you know, he made the initial save, but you got that rebound. And Johansson's mm-hmm. always known how to score those types of goals. Yeah, Like, Johansson sure. loves to get in deep there and score those rebound goals. So, uh, Preds are up 2-1. to one. Our predictions are looking good right now. Oh, that was a power play goal. And apparently, since they drew blood on Cousins, it's a major. Well, we'll take it. Yeah, That's what we like to say, it. right? Or another one. Get that up to 4-2, like I said. Let's look at some other uh, trades that happened today. So, of course, Mark Giordano and Colin Blackwell, old school oh, yeah. Preds player Colin Blackwell, is also part of that trade to the yep. Maple Leafs. Of mm-hmm. course, Jake DeBrusque. It was always talked about that Jake DeBrusque would possibly get traded. 
Rich, you kind of called this. You were kind of talking about how you were starting to think that it looked like the Bruins would probably hold on to DeBrus, and that that ends up being what happened. Yeah. I think I read on Twitter today that he, he still wants to be traded, but they signed him so that they could I – don't, I don't know. I didn't really understand what the, why they did it. But I would – so they so that the contract can be moved easier or something. I'm not sure, but I would I would tend to call it that the Bruins are sticking to their guns that mm-hmm. they want to be a Stanley Cup team and they know that Jake DeBrusque is more value to them being on this team now than mm-hmm. trading him away. So even if yeah. he's not happy, he doesn't want to be there. The front office is like, look, we're keeping you either way. Yeah, for now. absolutely. And it's and it's I think <clears throat> Boston's kind of in the same boat is the Predators. They don't want to upset the apple cart too much. Um, they got a defenseman, yeah, a good true. defenseman, uh, which is always good for them. But, um, yeah, I think I think uh, he might he might get moved eventually down the road. But I, I think happen, it's yes. a, good it thing happen, to, yeah. uh, a good thing to hold on to him for a little bit longer. Yep. And then, of course, paid, of course, Ricard Raquel goes to the Penguins. That kind of was a little bit of a surprising move there. For me, anyway. I know he was on the trade market there, Raquel was. Mm -hmm. But uh, he was even someone that I thought would be a decent player to look at for the Preds, honestly, if you're looking to add that depth scoring. Mm -hmm. But the Penguins end up adding a guy who's definitely going to make them better for the short term. You're talking about a Pittsburgh Penguins team that just keeps sticking around. They just won't go away. How how much longer? How much longer? I don't know. It just just doesn't make any sense. Every time I think they're going to go through a rebuild, they stick around. So, how how do you know how old Sidney Crosby is? Is he like 35, 36? He's got to be up there. I don't know his exact age. I'd have to. I don't know. I just. And then uh, some some surprising stick stick arounds, too, including Jake uh, Jacob Chickering Mm -hmm. ends up staying with the Coyotes. Their asking price was enormous. Was it? I mean. did I see that they won they were like, three they first were, round picks? Three first round picks, a prospect, and a starter. It was like was insane. It was like a five piece package they were looking for. That is insane for a very talented defenseman, but also a defenseman that doesn't ha- have a long proven track record. I don't. I don't understand that at all. I don't and then understand. they end up keeping Phil Kessel as well. I saw that too. I did, did you see, see his did you see what his girlfriend or is it his wife or his girlfriend? I, I'm guessing it's actually his wife. I think it's his did wife. You, they just did had Did you a kid. see that? Mm-mm. Amanda no. Kessel. Amanda Kessel, who is an Olympic gold medalist. I didn't even know about this, but she's an oh. Olympic gold medalist, three time national champion. That's, she That's his sister. Oh, is that his sister? Oh, that's I'm sorry. his sister. Yeah, I remember seeing right. that uh, in the Olympics. Either way. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, she tweeted out, um, "Is where is it at here? <clears throat> Amanda. It says, doesn't look like number 81 is being moved. Hashtag missing out. Oh. Oh, wow. Did that's you not weird. see that? I did not see that. That's, yeah, that's crazy. Though. My apologies for thinking that was his girlfriend or wife, but yeah. his sister either way. Um, yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really funny and interesting. It is very interesting. I read somewhere in the numerous Twitter things that happened today that people were moving away from him a little bit because of how much 
cap hit it was going to be or something. Okay. Like apparently his cap hit's huge. So um, I don't he, know. I mean, it might have something to do with it. You would definitely be adding him thinking that you're getting like, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, a playoff boost basically. Yep. Here's our friend, the stupid seal. I love that name. It's so funny. Pittsburgh is like the penguins don't rebuild. We reload. Yeah. I can't, as much as I don't like to say it, I mm-hmm. have to agree with that. Yep. Yeah. All right. So we see, we saw a lot of your major teams make moves today mm-hmm. that is going to definitely make the NHL playoffs very interesting. You saw yep. a lot of the really good teams that were already really good going into the trade deadline. They made themselves yep. better. So that's None kind of another reason why that's another reason why the Predators fans are probably a little upset because they feel like the Predators didn't do anything to get better while while a lot of teams around them got better. So mm-hmm. just the onslaught of Preds Twitter today was just it had started last night, actually. It started actually <laughs> yesterday. Everybody was like, count down one day. What's going to happen? And it just, all the way up till 3 o'clock, it just kept going and going. For sure. All right, so this is episode 115 of Catfish on Ice. This is Chad Minton and Rich Howe, your host, as we continue to do this NHL trade, trade deadline reaction episode while we also watch the Preds <coughs> take on the Anaheim Ducks the Preds are up two to one right now, as we're 13 minutes left in the second period. Shots are 19-11 in favor of the Preds. They've really kind of taken control of this game uh, after giving up the first goal of the game. All right, let's talk about our sponsor, DraftKings. DraftKings is our official sponsor, and we absolutely love DraftKings. You should too. You should go get the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. The official sports betting partner of the NHL. We have a really good offer for you right now. If you use our promo code THPN, all you got to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 and up restrictions apply. Please see our show notes for details if you have a gambling problem to look up responsible gambling practices. The NHL has seen plenty of packed, dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. (laughs) It makes you laugh every time, Rich. It does. It's so funny. As the action rolls on, (laughs) DraftKings Sportsbook is really bringing it for you here. We're making it a lot of fun here. And if the sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Enjoy some huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. And all new customers are getting a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. All that's all you got to do. So, again, DraftKings, our sponsor, promo code THPN. For all the fun and all the action and all the winnings. Yep. My uh, state, I cannot use it. I can do the fantasy, obviously, but I can't do the other one. But I did see in the news the other Meanwhile. day. Well, news oh. the other day. What's in what the happened? News? No, oh, I was going to say, what, what's in the news? Oh, okay. They are, Kentucky is looking at, um, I thought you were getting ready to say they scored a goal or no, something. No, they didn't. They um, didn't score. <laughs> Kentucky is running some kind of sports betting bill through their government. Through the the so maybe they're gonna. It's only a matter of things. Meanwhile, so. Rich. 
Meanwhile, Rich, what's going on with your fantasy hockey team? Zachary Larue flips off another who? Bad. Are you firing all of them right not now? Are, are you shipping it, them all off? It's not good. It's not good <laughs> at all. I went a day or two and didn't do anything, and it was just bad. It's okay. Bad, bad. Still plenty of time left. All right. So, yep. speaking of that, let's get to our cold, hard picks for this week, mm. Rich. And you think you're in a world hard, you think you're in a world of hurt with your uh, fantasy hockey team. I'm in a world of hurt on my cold hard picks from the first week we ever did this. <sighs> oh, and why don't you go ahead? Why don't you go ahead and refresh everyone what our picks were last week, and then we'll go ahead and share. Yeah, go. Let me uh, let me get it. Go ahead and talk while yeah. while it real quick. Well, yeah, he's gonna pull up. He's gonna pull up our picks from last week. I went zero and three. Rich went two and one with his picks. Mm -hmm. So every week, every Monday for the rest of the season, we're going to do our catfish on ice, cold, hard picks. We're going to pick three NHL games during the week, who we think is going to win. And we will track how we do between myself and Rich. And I went 0 and three on my first week. You did. So you had stars over (laughs) the Leafs, which that did not happen. That did not work out for me. Golden Knights over the Jets did not happen. That no, that was bad. That was <laughs> a bad Bru- pick. And the Bruins over the Wild did not happen. Oh, so, at least I picked tough games to pick, though. You did, because one of mine was not. So it was I a picked, softball. It was a softball. I picked Stars over the Leafs as well. That did not happen. But then I picked the Jets over the Golden Knights, and they did prevail. And then the softball was the Coyotes over the Canadians, and that yeah. happened. That's that not, did happen. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was pretty kind of weak. All right, here's my redemption for this week. And we're picking Tuesday and Wednesday night games. So we record on Mondays. If you're not watching live, we record every episode. We record our episodes on Mondays and Thursdays. So Mm -hmm. we're picking between the Tuesday and Wednesday games of that week's NHL games. So here's my picks for this week. I need some redemption, Rich. Like, I need to go three for three this week to really feel better about myself. All right, here's my picks. I've got the Hurricanes over the Tampa Bay Lightning. And that's mm. a heavyweight matchup. So I'm that's... really, really, I'm really going out on a limb to make the, <laughs> to pick this game to begin with. That's but a big one. I do think that the Hurricanes are a superior team to Tampa Bay. Seven game series. I'm taking the Hurricanes to win that series in six games. I do think that the Tampa Bay Lightning, they're still a great quality team. I do mm-hmm. not think they're going to three-peat. I do not think it's going to happen. I don't think they're nearly as stacked as, as they they've don't. been in the past two seasons. So I got the Canes over the Lightning. That's my first pick this week. All right. My second pick, I'm going the Coyote. All right, we're going to call this we're going to call this your scalper's night off, Rich, that you like to call. That's it. Oh, Coyotes, I know what it is. Coyotes over the Seattle Kraken. <laughs> wow. So you're gonna you're gonna so the coyotes can beat the hot dog vendor, the Zamboni driver, and Yanni Gord. Awesome. Yeah. Yanni Gord might might try to carry them by himself, but mm. yeah. No, That's Philip good. Grubauer. Philip Grubauer yeah. is who is statistically oh, the know. worst goal. Philip Grubauer, who is statistically the worst goaltender in the league this year, analytically speaking, yeah. he's gonna be a net for them. So mm-hmm. uh yeah, I got the Coyotes who are just wrecking everybody right now. They're putting up like five or six goals a game right now. So I got the Coyotes beating the Kraken. 
My third cold hard pick of the week is I got the Philadelphia Flyers beating the New York Islanders. Ooh, that's a good one. I feel like the Flyers are playing a little bit better lately. They're not playoff they teams, just, but they could be. A, I think the Flyers could be really good spoilers. They just played over the weekend. Those two same teams. Really? Yeah. All right, yeah. they play again. That's awesome. All right, so mine, <clears throat> I picked the Capitals over the Blues because I don't like the Blues and I like the Capitals. No, I don't know. I just picked them. So the other one, so the second one is Stars over the Oilers, and that's big because the Stars need to win some games because they're behind. They're not even in a wild card spot right now. So I think they're going to turn the Jets up a little bit. They can beat the Oilers. The other one is Golden Knights over the Jets because the Golden Knights are sitting in the second wild card spot and they are going to fight really hard to stay in that spot. Oh, if, if the Golden Knights miss the playoffs, you want to talk about a massive oh, disappointment. Man. All right, oh, yeah, so I misspoke. Dude. You're right, Rich. You're right. I oh. got the Flyers beating the Red Wings. I'm so sorry. Oh, that's right. Okay. Not the All Islanders. Right. They just played the Islanders. I'm sorry. I still think my point stands, though. I think the Flyers are playing spoilers. I think they're a much better team down the stretch. They're a team that I think can beat some good teams down the stretch. They play on Tuesday night, March 22nd, tomorrow night. I got the Flyers beating the Red Wings. I don't like this. I don't like this at all. That's a not bang. That's a not bang from Steel. Whoa, what happened there? Oh, their mascot is so cringy. Soros got beat. Let's see what happened. Yeah, beat, but I mean, I'm trying to see. Yeah, that's just that's too easy though. That's like, yep. Troy Terry. Troy Terry is a good player. Oh wow, that's Troy. That's Terry's thirtieth goal of the season, by the way. That was a. He's a nice young player for them. Look at that angle. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a really tough tough shot to stop for Soros there, for any Definitely. goaltender. That's like Forsberg stuff right there. Mm-hmm, for sure. Here's a stupid Seals pick. Seattle versus Arizona. Arizona wins. Edmonton, yeah. Dallas. Dallas wins. Minnesota, Vancouver. Vancouver, Vancouver wins. wins. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's going right. out there. That is. Vancouver over Minnesota. That's a, that's a bold pick. I respect that. Yep. I respect that. All right, so I got to get off the schneid. I went 0 for 3 my first week. I got to yep. I gotta get some wins here. I feel pretty good about my picks. All right, yep. so the Preds and the Ducks are tied 2-2 two to two now. Mm. And uh, now I just need my prediction to come true. 3-2 to two in overtime, Preds win. That's my yep. prediction. Uh, Rich, your prediction of 4-2 to two could still happen as well. Could so. still, yeah. We'll see. Uh, let's see what happens here. It's we'll been a, it's been a very back and forth game though. I mean, shots yep. are even 19-19 now. Mm-hmm. Uh the Preds opened up really sloppy, but then they took control, but now the Ducks are starting to take back mm-hmm. momentum again. It's it's just a seesaw type of game right now. But now they're sloppy again. Yeah, it's not You're good. seeing a lot of count You're seeing a lot of counterattacks though. The Preds are counterattacking mm-hmm. right now. There's a lot of back and forth flipping the ice type of action right now, which is entertaining for the hockey fan to watch, but uh, also nerve-wracking. Very much so. Flyers versus Predators flashbacks. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. For sure. 
All right, let's do our clutch performers of the week, Rich. Yes, let's. We're going back and we're looking at last week's games. We're looking back at the Flyers game. We're looking back at the Penguins win. We're looking back at the win over Toronto as well. Overall, a decent week, even though they did lose to Philadelphia in a heartbreaker 5-4 to in a game that you felt like the press should have won. But they Mm -hmm. still beat Pittsburgh and Toronto in the same week. Plenty of scoring. The Preds scored 14 goals in their three games this past week. Yep. They did. All right. Rich, do you – How about you start us off with your clutch performers of the week? Go 3-2-1 with your your picks. Number three, Tanner Janelle. Three goals in the last three games – Secondary scoring is good. That's what they needed. So we will take that. And he's still, and he is still remaining in that Calder Trophy race. Absolutely. I don't yeah. think he's going to win it. We've said it all season. We don't think he'll actually win it. But he's right. at least remaining in the conversation. Absolutely. Number two, Philip Forsberg. Two goals and two assists in his last three games. Broke the record. Um. Looking good still. Obviously awesome. Keep it up. Want him to continue that. He broke David Legwand's franchise record for goals. David Legwand is sad. Wherever David David, Legwand is right now. David Legwand was like, no, I think David Legwand sitting somewhere thinking, it took y'all that long to break that record? (laughs) He's like, I played there forever. Give me a break. (laughs) All right. It took forever. So, number one is Roman Yossi. Nine points in his last three games. First start of the week. I got this off. In the NHL. I got this off the Predators. Had a tweet this morning. Now has three-plus points in four consecutive outings, a feat achieved by only one other defenseman in NHL history. Whoa. That's crazy, man. Six games. In, in the, back in 1970-71. These, uh, these stats and these records and these milestones that Roman Yossi keeps setting every night mm-hmm. are, are just, I mean, just yep. every game. Yeah. And he's got a goal tonight already, yeah. so he just keeps on. I mean, they're really going to have to do everything they can to not give him the Norris Trophy. Oh, I know. It's insane that he's not getting more traction. I think he will start now, but... Um, it just doesn't make any sense. All right, so Rich, we have the same three oh, wow. clutch performers, but not in the same order. Oh, okay. And hear me out. First of all, I also have Tanner Janot at number three. Yep. Uh, let, let me give you his stats for the week. He had three goals, a goal in each game this past week. Big time goals. He racked up 17 hits wow. this week. Seven shots on goal and also put up another seven block shots. The guy does a little bit of everything. He sure does. So he comes in at number three for me. I realize what Roman Yossi did, but the reason why Forsberg is my number one clutch performer is because we are calling this clutch. And I know Roman Yossi is also clutch. That's why he's number two. I put Mm -hmm. Forsberg at number one. Because despite all the outside noise, 
despite all of the reasons for him to maybe not bring it 100%. Maybe he gets distracted by all this. Maybe he's nope. just not feeling it. But all I see from Forsberg is he just keeps ramping it up to another level every game. Absolutely. And no matter he no matter what, you know, he went into this past week not knowing what his fate would be. He could mm-hmm. possibly get traded. He could yep. possibly get re-signed to a long-term. He didn't really know. So he, the fact that he's blocking out all the outside noise and he's still doing what he's doing on the ice, it put that puts him at number one for me this week over Roman Yossi. But it's really splitting hairs. It's hard. They could yeah. both they could both be number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really had to think about it. That's the only reason I put Ro- uh, that's the only reason I put Philip Forsberg ahead of Roman Yossi slightly on my clutch performers this week. That makes sense. I've also got I got to throw. All right, stupid seal has uh, on on YouTube comments with his three performers. Three number number three is Tanner Janot for him. Number two is UC Soros. Mm-hmm. Number one, come on, like really, Yossi. Yossi. I say Soros just because of his play. He stood on his head versus Pittsburgh and Toronto, and you. Yep. All right. Good. Good. Good list there. Yep, definitely. All right. I also have Colton Sissons mm. as honorable mention this week. I couldn't put That's him in the good. top, but Colton Sissons had a really good week for the Preds. He put up five assists this week, five shots on goal, seven hits. He's starting to really get in on the scoring with the depth. And yep. what have we always said about Colton Sissons? He's the captain of the bottom six. Absolutely. Yeah, he definitely fills that role for sure. Um, I was always sad that they lost Callie Yarncroft, and I know that you wanted to keep Sissons, obviously, but I'm, I'm starting to come around that definitely that was the better choice. So yeah, Sissons it was is, tough. It was it was tough either way to see it happen, but uh, no, all right. So uh, shocker of the century, but it looks like Mark Borowiecki is going to the penalty box. Yeah, you can't do that. I know he's playing hard. I know he's playing hard, but he, you can't just ride a guy into the boards like that. That's actually a really dangerous hit. He's still jawing about it. You see what I'm talking about there? I haven't seen it yet. Let's see. Oh, it, it, it's kind oh, yeah. of a danger. It's a borderline dangerous hit. Yeah. I mean, the he, guy was he, kind of bending down a little bit. He but. drove that guy head first into the boards. I mean, that's going to get called every time. I know yeah. that's just how Boro plays, though. I mean, that's yep. that's his style. You can't ask him to change. Thank goodness the guy's not bleeding. <laughs> and, I mean, you, all you hear about is, well, once you get in the playoffs, the refs swallow the whistle a little bit more. So oh. a, a player like Mark Borowiecki is going to be beneficial to you in the playoffs because they let a lot more go. They let a lot more slide. But, I mean... Oh, they put a... There's a Ducks player in the in the box as well. Yeah. Hmm. We'll All I'm what... saying is, is as much value as Mark Borowiecki brings, he he's also can be a liability. Absolutely. One hundred percent can be. So you have to take the good with the bad when it comes to Mark Borowiecki. That's kind of like all I'm saying there. 
John Hines doesn't look very happy about it either. I don't blame him. John Hines never looks happy. He has that same look on his face all the time. He does. I did see, watch the the little press conference after they lost to Philadelphia, and you could tell how aggravated he was because he was giving like really short answers. He was like, ooh. So uh, Anaheim gets a power play out of this when it's all said and done. So the Preds have another penalty to kill. All right. So that's our clutch performers of the week as we uh, roll through episode 115 here. Uh, we're going to get ready to let you go here and get you to our interview with yes. Boyd Farish of Penalty Box Radio. We will continue to follow this game on our social media at Catfish Ice on Twitter. Follow along with us. Also, yep. if you would like... Go check out our interview with Boyd, the full interview on our YouTube channel. Or if you've downloaded the podcast the next day and you're listening, then all you got to do is keep playing the episode right now. And we've got an interview with Boyd coming up of Penalty Box Radio. Really awesome conversation with him. He's been a friend of the podcast for a long time. We talked about the NHL trade deadline moves and his thoughts. We talked about Philip Forsberg Forsberg, and the overall long-term vision that we feel like this team has. Absolutely. Yeah, it was a good interview. He's a cool guy. He's a very good, good guy. Follow. I got good a chance to meet him. Team. I got a chance to meet him at, at a recent Preds game when the Preds played the Stars a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And he's just a really solid guy, and he knows his hockey. So stay yeah. tuned for that. Or, again, you can watch the full interview on our YouTube channel. It's already up right now if you want to go watch it. All right, Rich, how are you feeling about this game? Uh, do you, what do you think uh, the Preds got to do to secure this win as we wrap up episode 115? Well, they need to <clears throat> get Borvieski to keep his cool a little longer, stay out of the penalty box, obviously, and just – I don't know. I don't know. They're just, they look a little flat in some spots, just kind of get the energy back up, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't want to be giving up two points to this team, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. That is for sure. Yeah, you can't be you can't be leaving points on the board against no. a team like the Ducks. You gotta if you really want to stay in this playoff race and keep mm-hmm. building a cushion because the Preds are building a cushion in the standings right now. It comes to the yeah. wild card at least. They're starting to get a little bit of distance between them and the outside of the playoff race, so that's good. Yep. But you can't leave points on the table in games like nope. this. So this be- we're coming up on the end of the second period. We will give you full analysis of this game on Thursday's episode, episode 116, later this week. We will also keep following this game on our social media, at Catfish Ice. So go follow along with us there. We really appreciate you joining us for the live stream as we watch this game and talk about the trade deadline. Stay tuned for our interview with Boyd. Until then, everyone have a great week. Thank you for joining. We will see you on Thursday for a brand-new episode of Catfish on Ice. All right, welcome back in. This is episode 115 of Catfish on Ice. This is your host, Chad Minton, with co-host Rich Howe as we continue to react to NHL trade deadline day 2022 and what the Nashville Predators did and what they didn't do, more or less. But either way, we are really excited to have Boyd Farish of Penalty Box Radio. Long time coming. He is joining us tonight. Big friend of the pod. If you follow Press Twitter at all, 
then you need to be following Boyd. Uh, welcome in, man. Thank you, thank yes. you so much for joining us tonight. Hey, uh, really appreciate you guys having me. Uh, glad to be here. I know it's yeah. been a long time coming, and uh, what what better opportunity than right after a uh, both <laughs> Crazy eventful day. and also yet very uneventful trade deadline day? Yeah, <laughs> a little bit of both. A little bit of both. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's been a long time coming for sure. We've been wanting you to ha- wanting to have you on here for a while. But uh, tonight's a perfect night because there's a lot to talk about. No shortage of topics right now. Oh, the Preds sure. are about to be playing the Anaheim Ducks again uh, later on. So we're going to be react- reacting to that game live for episode 115 as the episode goes on. But of course, Boyd, uh, tell us about how you got it involved with Penalty Box Radio, which is a really, it's a staple of the National Predators local community. A lot of fans follow Penalty Box Radio. Of course, Justin Bradford is one of the all-time greats of the local Preds media. So I got to I got a chance to meet you at a local at a game recently. And so just kind of tell us about your journey getting into Preds writing and Penalty Box Radio. Yeah, I mean I was uh obviously a hockey fan for for a long time even even going back to my uh, uh childhood uh watching the Red Wings avalanche rivalries uh, mm. back in the Iserman and Sackick days, uh, you know, Waugh and Osgood. So that, that was a, a great introduction to, to hockey. And when I eventually landed in Nashville, uh, my, my first NHL game was a Predators Red Wings playoff game. So not a, not a bad way to really start to experience it live. Sure. And you know, really, it was it was a case of I was watching a lot more hockey and started kind of hanging around the fringes of uh, uh, Predators socials and some of the various blogs and whatnot. And finally, uh, I think it was probably 2016, 2017, I just started writing and thought, you know, I'll, you know, I'm, I'm not seeing some kind of article that I wanted to see. And it was probably mm-hmm. around you know, trades and free agency and stuff. And well, I'll just, I'll just try to do this myself and uh, posted it to the like reader space at uh, on the four check uh, got, got a little bit of my legs under me there and started to figure mm-hmm. out that this is something that maybe I can do a little bit. And eventually just completely on a whim, just reached out to uh reached out to Justin Bradford and said, you know, if, if, if you're looking for writers, you know, here's, here's some things I've done and I'd, I'd be interested to come write for a, a penalty box radio if they, if they'd have me. And, you know, Justin was more than welcome, uh, more than welcoming. You know, he, he pretty much just said, you know, you seem to know what you're doing. So have at it, which is pretty impressive for someone like me yeah. who had never really written anything was not, a media or, or journalist person at all. Um, so, and, and really it's just sort of been, been going from there. And then late last year uh, started up the predator way podcast and been uh, trying to get, trying to get that going a little bit around my own crazy life, which right. yes, yeah. recording its own set of challenges, but absolutely. <laughs> yes, of course. And, uh, you know, teaching right. myself audio editing on the fly has been, uh, Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a real uh, interesting challenge, but yeah, it's, it's it's been fun, you know, in in a in a place in life where I don't have a lot of free time with kids and work and all that stuff. It's 
been nice to have a little bit of an outlet that I can use to sort of, yes, of course, you know, sure. spend Definitely. some time on something I have a lot of, a lot of passion for. So mm-hmm. it's, it, it's Absolutely. been fun, you know, cool to see where it goes at some point down the road, but for now it's just, a fun thing I get to do and I get to hang out with you guys doing it. So very cool. Yes, definitely. <clears throat> and we get to watch hockey and talk hockey together. So what more can we ask for? Right. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, definitely. Well, that's awesome, man. And of course, Justin Bradford and penalty box radio. I mean, they're one of the go-to sources for me. I know, like I, I, I appreciate mm-hmm. the national outlets, of course, but the local writers and the people who, like Justin Bradford and people like you, Boyd, who, who put the hard work in, and, and do this as a passion. I, I appreciate that as well. And that's what makes this market so great is there's so many outlets and there's so many people you can follow that know what they're talking about. And it, it really makes following the team just that, that much better. And that's why hockey is, is really working in Nashville right now is because of, you know, people like you, people like Justin Bradford, all the people out there. I mean, you, we can go on and on about all the um, awesome people out there who are, covering the Preds right now. So uh, we're lucky for yeah. that. All right. So uh, this is, again, episode 115. We're being joined by Boyd Farish of Penalty Box Radio. We're happy to have him on, friend of the pod. And uh, so we are talking about the trade deadline, of course. And Boyd, we go ahead and just throw it right out at you right now. What are your overall thoughts about the Preds and what they did? They, they made some very minor moves, nothing major today. They got uh, Jeremy Lazan from Seattle for a second round pick. I think that's what's throwing people off. Is not the player, not the player. The oh, I don't know. I think it's I think it's morphed into the player now too. Well, I for me, it's not about we're gonna. I don't think it's about the player for me. It's more about the what, what they gave up for. Right. The player itself, Jeremy Lazan, kind of fits what this team wants to do. But uh, Boyd. Give us your overall thoughts. What did the Preds do? How did they do? How are you feeling about it? Yeah, I, I would I would frame this trade this trade deadline more than anything as a missed opportunity. Um, as I as I looked at it, uh, kind of reaching the end of last week, going into the weekend, and starting to see where where some of the teams were looking, what some of the players that might actually be available. I I really looked at three things that could be accomplished somewhere between could be accomplished and should be accomplished by the trade deadline. One, obviously unrelated to trades, but was signing Philip Forsberg. And I know we'll Mm -hmm. get to that a little more later, but that, that had to be number one, number two. And, and this is something that I've been really harping on over the last few weeks is the predators at five on five are not a very good offensive team. And I say that in the vein of they don't generate chances. They're actually below average. And when it gets to the playoffs where less penalties are called, you can't rely on the really, really high level power play that the Predators have. You have to be able to create chances and create offense. And the Predators don't really do that. So in in my mind, the biggest need after just signing Forsberg and getting that part of the job done was someone who could drive play, especially into the top six. And where I, I saw that need was really around the role that Luke Cunnan is currently filling. Mm-hmm. And 
don't get me wrong. I don't think Luke Cunningham's a bad player. I don't think they should trade him. I think he has a spot in the lineup going forward, but it wouldn't be much of a reach to say he struggled this year. Mm-hmm. And it's not for lack of opportunity. He's basically been in the top six all season. So you could say there was an opportunity to go get Max Domi, Phil Kessel, one of these guys who can drive offense, even if it's just a rental, but some of these guys that probably wouldn't cost that much to acquire and at least give an opportunity to put a new face into that role and see if maybe Mm -hmm. that pops Ryan Johansson and and Ellie Tolvin in just a little bit more. And then, yeah, let me ask you something here, boy. Yeah. I just want to ask you something. So you bring up like you, you bring up Luke Cunning and it really makes you think because as, as likable of a player he is and he fits this team's identity, which that term gets thrown around by John Hines all the time. And uh, for better or worse, <laughs> very yeah, much for so. better or worse, for better or worse, that's, that's the, like the prevailing theme of this team is we have an identity, which I do agree. That's important. And this team does have an identity and it's nice to have that. But is Luke Cunning a top six player on a Stanley cup contending team? Normally I can't say that he is, I'm sorry. Yeah. I think he's more of a prototypical third line type of player that's going to mm-hmm. be more of a tone setter, more mm-hmm. of a, you know, he's going to eat up 14, maybe 15 minutes of ice time, do some quality things for you. But uh, so when you brought up Luke Cunning just now, Boyd, I really thought that was a good point because he Very seemed much. like a trade. If you're going to trade someone on this team and kind of shake up the, the uh, roster a little bit, which you got to be careful about, because after all, this team is not that far away from second place right now in the division. So you got you got to think about that. But he was the one player that I think we were all like, okay, he might be a player you could be okay with trading to get a Max Domi or a Castle or um, you had a Ricard Raquel out there. You had mm-hmm. these wingers who could really maybe make a make a difference for this team. Definitely, I, I agree with you. What you said that's a really sore spot right now having uh, the second line not be as productive as they should be. Um, Luke Cunning is definitely struggling, obviously in a, in a, a different world on a different team, he probably would be on the third line, uh, but not, not for the predators. So um, secondary scoring would be huge for them right now. And like you said, that, that would be uh, Cunning would be someone who could have been moved for sure. I mean, and, and and honestly, I don't even think he, he needed to be moved per se as much as there there was an opportunity to put a, a different player in that role. Right. And Cunning perhaps, you know, splits time on, on what would effectively for, for this year's team be the fourth line. Mm-hmm. And I mean, don't get me wrong, a, a Cunning McCarran Tomasino or Cunning Cousins Tomasino would pretty be a pretty dynamite fourth mm-hmm. line. And it's it's made a little bit different because what on most teams would be the fourth line <clears throat> in the case of Trennan, Sissons, and Janot, for the Predators, that's effectively their third line. Right. And at times it's really their second line mm-hmm. in in just matchup and and usage. So I don't even necessarily think kind of needs to be traded. I, I think he still could be a valuable player for this team. He's just, he's, he's having a down year. And yeah. so 
and I mean, especially if you look at someone like Phil Kessel, who probably could have been had for what a third round pick. And he, hey, he's sticking around. He, uh, yeah. so Arizona ended up keeping Kessel and Chickering. So Nobody that was kind of Chikorin. surprising. Like, but their their asking price for uh, oh, yeah. for Chickering was like insane, man. Like, I yeah. mean, it was like yeah. really guys. Like y'all. I mean, I know he's a good player. He could be end up being a really good defenseman in this league. He already is, but. Yeah, that was – but I want to I want to circle back to kind of more of the Preds moves that they did make today and what you think about them, Boyd. Again, we're being joined by Boyd Farish of Penalty Box Radio. Um, so I'm looking at some of these other moves they made. I do think that one of the prevailing themes of this trade deadline uh, day for the Preds was let's restock the shelves for Milwaukee a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you saw the uh, – you saw the – uh, the trade between the Kings were um, longtime defenseman for Milwaukee, a defenseman that you thought could maybe eventually make the jump to the NHL. Uh, Frederick Allard uh, ends up getting traded to the Kings system, and the Preds get Braden Burke, which I'll be honest, I don't know a lot about. I had to do some research before tonight's episode. <laughs> But uh, he's a winger. He's had some good experience in in the in the minor leagues, and maybe he's definitely going to boost Milwaukee's roster in the yeah. short term. And maybe eventually, who knows? Maybe he can make the jump in. It was kind of a one for one swap. Like, all right, we have a log jam of defenseman, Freddie mm-hmm. Allard. We're sorry, we love you, but there's no room for you here. Let's make a one for one swap. That's what I saw out of that. What did you see out of that uh, out of that move? Boyd. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. I, I would have loved to have seen Allard get get more of a chance in Nashville. I, I always thought he was a, a a very very steady player that really kind of played a pro game, but there was something about the way he played or his game that just didn't mesh with with what the Predators organization was looking for. So. It was probably the right opportunity to make a move for him and and get get him into a new opportunity and bring in another player that can maybe help out the scoring for for the Admirals. Uh, Braden Burke, yeah, he's he's interesting. Um, played in Moose Jaw. In, in the WHL, I, I believe, and I haven't had a chance to really dig into deep enough to find this, but I believe he played there with Tanner Janot. Yes, I read that earlier today. Yep, that's for sure. And in, in his final season, he had, I think, 82 assists and 113 points in the WHL. That's Wow. That's strong. And, that's, a, and just that, re- that's a good season. <laughs> and just yeah. recently, even in the AHL, he put up a 52-point season in 2019-20. So uh, he's got yeah, four that was only in fifty-one of, games. Yeah, he's got four seasons of AHL experience. So I mean, it's sad to say this, but um, perhaps the best move of the day for the Preds in the NHL trade deadline is they uh, added themselves a maybe an interesting, decent project um, for for the Milwaukee when it comes to their forwards and a player who has a little bit of skill. Because the press prospect pool has been really getting better over the last couple of years, you know we're, we we've probably spent this entire episode really criticizing Poyle 
and how he ha- how he's handled today's tread deadline. But he's really drafted well over the last few seasons. And so the prospect pool, at least in my opinion, looks really good right now and the future looks bright. And so it's sad to say this, but I think the most exciting move they made today was dealing Frederick Allard for this Braden Burke guy who I think could be a decent addition to the prospect pool. And who knows, maybe a season or two down the road, he, he's a call-up and he can do something. You never know. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, that's, you know, sometimes the best move is the move you don't make. And in in this year, at least, there was no a first for Paul Gostad. There was no Mike Mike Santorelli and and Cody Franzen coming back for a a first and Brendan Leipzig. So, yeah, it's while it's it's rightful to 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 question the price paid for Jeremy Lozon and uh, uh time will tell it it seems like they want to keep him in the organization so maybe a second round pick for an NHL caliber defenseman ends up not being the worst price even if he's not a world beater at the very least there was no overpayment as, especially for a veteran type player Mm-hmm. So yeah. if, if, if they weren't going to kind of push the chips in a little bit, which I might've I liked think to just, uh, do, but. just a devil's advocate here on the, uh, on, on that move though, is really like, you see like a player like Justin Braun goes for a third round pick to the New York Rangers, a more proven veteran. I feel like, and I really don't want to come down on uh, Jeremy Lazan because honestly, he could end up coming in here tonight. For instance, he's making his debut for the Preds. Uh, he, I mean, who knows? Like, it's not about the player for me. It's more about what you gave up and what you could have gotten for that same price. Is I guess where I'm at on it. But it's not really about the player itself, and also it's not about the player in the sense for me that is that really what the Preds needed was another bruiser, another brawler, another player who sticks up for his teammates, quote unquote. That's what I keep seeing about uh, Jeremy Lazan. It's like, oh, he sticks up for his teammates. He won't back down. Okay, I love that. I love that we have all those types of players on this team. Is that really, were we missing one more of those types of players on this team? That's where you can't convince me. Is that is he going to change what this team can do in the first round? I'm sorry, but if, if and David Poyle said it in his quotes, he said, "I'm focused on making this team more competitive in the 2022 Stanley Cup playoffs." Were you really missing another brawler, another bruiser, another player that doesn't take anything? I mean, I'm sorry, <laughs> but I mean, I love all the taglines. I love all the. I know that's good for social media. Like, oh, he hits. He. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll see it tonight. I'm sure he'll lay out a hit and the social media team will go nuts about it. But I mean, is that going to win you a Stanley cup? If that's really what Poyle's talking about being more competitive, I'm sorry. That's, I know I'm cynical. I know a little bit. That's just a little bit where I'm at. A little bit. Um, <laughs> I kind of, so I kind of look, look at it a little bit as, Obviously, the third defensive pairing was lacking at times. We know Borvieski and Benning are both out. 
Uh, Borovisky's playing tonight. Uh, Benning is still not playing. Um, I think he's maybe got this guy to obviously shore up that, but maybe he knows that Benning's not going to be sticking around next year. And I will say that Lazan is probably an upgrade to Matt Benning. Um, he's probably a little bit tougher player than Matt Benning. You might get a little tad bit of offense out of him. Not much, not much, but probably more than you would out of Matt Benning. So I kind of see it as a little bit of an upgrade. And I know people are upset about the second round, um, losing that second round pick, but um, I think it might wind up being good. I hope it does. I hope it does. I, I think it would be a little bit of an upgrade though. So, so I'll, I'll, I'll say a, a couple things. One, the, the first will sort of be in, in defense of Jeremy Lozon. And, and I know that's a, quite straying from everything I've said for the last 48 hours, but <laughs> um, here's sort of two ways that I look at it. He wasn't brought in to play every night. He's basically brought in to be better than Ben Harper. Right. And if, and, and I, I forget who, who tweeted this today, but it was basically if paying a second to make sure Harper never sees the ice again for the Predators, <laughs> that might be worth it. Oh and, my God. That's a good point. So <laughs> you look at it that way. He, I, I think he can play left and right side. Yep. So there's, there's some versatility there. They're going to keep him in the organization. It seems um, so I, I, I would say that part is where it's a second over a third for Braun because Braun would have been just a pure rental. He would have Now, been, yeah. that being said, to Chad, your question, does it make the Predators more competitive in the playoffs? Is assuming that most everybody is healthy? No, it really doesn't. That is where I, I look at it heavily from the it's it's a significant missed opportunity. If you were really trying to be more competitive for the playoffs, you would have gone out and got Max Domi. Mm-hmm. Or you'd have gone out and got Phil Kessel. Because that was where the biggest need was. There wasn't necessarily a need for another tough third pair defenseman. But it's it's a case of it's it's not that tremendous of of an, an overpayment for me to, you know, really overly lose, yeah. lose my mind outside of the initial reaction of, holy crap, we just paid a, a second round pick for a guy who had best plays on the third pair. Exactly. And to, and to be fair, a lot of people are upset too, because they think about Jeremy Davies. They think about, um, really Jeremy Davies is the player that comes to mind. We are like, mm-hmm. why would you go out and do this when you have Jeremy Davies out there? who can fill that role or even fleet Myers who I'm not as, I'm not really that high on fleet Myers. I mean, I I know he scored a goal the other night. That was more a product of Roman Yossi skating around and the entire defense was chasing him and he, he found an open player and, 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 and to, to fleet Myers credit, he, he made a good shot and he scored, but uh, I'm not high on fleet Myers and I I would love to be wrong on that as well. But uh, I just feel like, Okay, so you, you got a little insurance with your defense now. Yeah, we know. You've got plenty of options when it comes to your defensive depth now if you're going to the playoffs. If you have injuries, like hopefully we don't have to throw Ben Harper in there for game one of Oof. the first round of the playoffs. Uh, you know, I get that. But 
like you said, Boyd, missed opportunity that I really love that you said that because that's kind of how I feel about it as mm-hmm. well. Because I feel like they could have been way more active today if they really were serious about being player major players in these this year's playoffs and upgrading their team immediately. And, in t- and, and instead, they really thought more about the long-term future, and that's fine. I mean, I'm okay with that. If, you're, if you've got the long game in mind, that's fine. Okay, I'll, I'll be patient. But, like, that's not what you're selling me. That's not what David Poyle told me in the press conference today. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's, and I know he has to say certain things. He's going to tell the fans what they want to hear. But I mean, it is. But and I, I think David Poyle is a great man. I mean, he's done so many great things for this organization. So, but I just, I, I'm very confused. I come out of this. You say missed opportunity. I come out of this trade deadline. If you want me to use one word, confused. I come out confused. What what is the direction of this organization? I think that's where I come out of this, because you can't have it both ways. You can't say we're rebuilding and we're doing we're we're thinking a long term future, but we also want to win a Stanley Cup this year. And we're like every team says that every team says they want to win a Stanley Cup. So give me something to go off of here. Give me something to chew on. And you didn't really do that. So now we're really rolling the dice and banking on this current team which has overperformed this season. We're banking on this current team that they can really dig deep and do something special. And maybe they can't, maybe they can't, but it's, it's, it feels like a missed opportunity. I really like what you said there, Boyd. I really mm-hmm. agree with that. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's where, where I keep coming back to because you've got, if you really look at it, you've got, two wingers who have a very good chance to hit 40 goals each, which has never happened in franchise history. (laughs) You have a defenseman who's probably going to break 90 points and probably still not win the Norris, which is absurd. Uh, Right. You have a goalie who is top five in the league on the, on an average day, top three on a good day. Mm -hmm. You have a third line rookie winger. Who's got 21 goals another third line winger who just scored his 15th. And you've got Ellie Tolvanen, who is completely not even performed up to we the abilities we know he's capable, mm-hmm. capable of, and he's had bad luck this season as well. He's so wildly snake bitten. Yeah. He's actually, it's, it's I mean, yeah. from a, from a metric perspective, I, you know, and, and, and take that from with a grain of salt, but he's been, from again, from from a metrics, pure metrics, obviously not production. He's been one of the most effective predators forwards the entire season. Yeah, he he's doing all the he's doing all the little things. He's doing all the little things. Mm-hmm. He creates possession defensively. He keeps possession offensively. He creates chances. But God bless that boy. So, he can't get anything to go yes. in the back of the net. No. No. And so with when you when you frame it that way, when you really frame it that way. Maybe this team can do something special. Why can't they do what they did in 2017? If there's any team that can do it recently, it's it's this team. I do agree with that. Um, I know we had Robbie Stanley on last episode, and he was talking about how it, this team is absolutely capable of pulling off a first-round upset against Colorado because of the way they play with each other and the way they had that chemistry. And And David Poyle said the exact same thing, basically, in his press conference. Without quoting him verbatim, he basically alluded to that fact. 
that he didn't want to disrupt this team's chemistry. And, I mean, sometimes you have to play chess and not checkers, right? And so we're all thinking about, oh, you got to make this move. You got you to go do this. You got to do that. We're all talking about that. Armchair GM's over here. <laughs> and David Poyle, maybe David Poyle is thinking right. more. We're all, hey, we're all armchair. D- we're all guilty. Up. But uh, but David it's, Poyle might be thinking more. Basically of, a personality trait for me. Right. <laughs> yeah, but it's fun to be an armchair GM, though, because we don't have to deal with the consequences. But, uh, yeah. but, uh, but, but yeah, so, I mean, it, it's tough, man. But, like, when you when you just list off what you just did with this current team and what they got, I mean – why can't we believe in this team? Why can't we uh, roll the dice and see what happens? And I think that's what David Poyle's doing. I mean, he was in a very tough position uh, coming into this trade deadline. We were all talking about it the months leading up to it. Like We were like, wow, this guy really has some tough decisions to make. It would have been very easy, this trade deadline for him, if this team performed the way everyone thought they would perform going oh, yeah. into the – going into the season, which was uh, sixth or seventh place, maybe. Maybe they would flirt with a wild card. But really, the team ceiling was, you know, we were talking about it before the season on this episode, on the on this show. Yeah. We were saying, me and Rich were like, let's just hope the team is exciting and fun yeah. to watch. We don't even care about the standings. Like, let's just hope they're good and they mm-hmm. put on a good product with these young players. So, Poyle was in a tough t- – tough position he really was and i think he chose to just not mess with it i think if phil forsberg was re-signed right now and i really want to get to this with you boyd before we round it out here i really want to get your thoughts on this i think everyone would be totally okay with what happened today during the trade deadline if phil forsberg was re-signed right now (laughs) i don't think anyone cared about anything else I, i it's like a ripple effect Forsberg's not re-signed, so now we're going to criticize Poyle for all the other moves he makes that really aren't that significant. Yeah, they're not really even that significant of moves. So, And and I'm guilty of it, honestly, because I want Forsberg re-signed. Everybody's all salty. That's why. It's because they didn't get that Forsberg. And in in reality, in reality, it's very conceivable if Forsberg wants to be here, if he truly wants to be here, which is what Poyle is trying to say is true, and I feel like it's true, then a deal can still get done before the end of the season. It doesn't mean that for sure he's gone just because he's not signed today. So, Boyd, give us your overall thoughts on it. Uh, I really want to know what you have to say. I've been following you on Twitter, so I know a lot of your thoughts already, but share it with our listeners. You have a lot of good opinions on this, and I want you all, I want you to share it with our listeners. Yeah, my my opinion on on Forsberg, it's it, it's a couple things. I I agree he wants to stay. Like I, I don't think that's a mystery. He would he would rather stay than go. Both from a, a a team fit, he he likes it here, and you know as as the adage goes, he doesn't want to move his stuff. It's already here, um, and he's. He's going to get paid well to be here and 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 continue to be a, a, a star of the team, a face of the franchise. The the challenge is, you know, he's he's coming off a pretty decent contract, six by six million, but this is probably his real opportunity to truly get that big payday. And oh yeah, it just so happens he's going to set 
basically every scoring record in the Predators book <laughs> by the end of the season. That's true. Except for career points that Yossi's going to own that till the end of time. But it's it's a situation where each party is trying to do the best for themselves. I don't I don't I don't agree with the concept that Poyle is aggressively lowballing. I don't I don't think that's ever been something he's done. Um, at, at least not with the star players, with his guys. Um, he is someone that historically, he does squeeze players in negotiations. He He's always done that, whether it's, whether it's well, Ellis, hearing, uh, whether it was... You're hearing about these no-move clauses, I think is what mm-hmm. is what it comes down to, Boyd. Have you heard mm-hmm. that as well? Like, maybe that's the sticking point, is a no-move clause? Yeah, I mean... That's that's part of the challenge is we we don't really have any confirmation of that. It's all speculation. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've yeah. I've actually sort of assumed the other way. Um, I mean, again, pure purely speculative. I don't. I don't think Poyle is going to have trouble giving up some measure of trade protection for Forsberg. He's the greatest forward this team has ever had. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the and same way did- that. I mean, in the he's same got a way that Yossi is the, is the greatest yeah. defenseman the team has ever had. And, like, even though I know he wasn't a prototypical, like, the Preds didn't draft him, I know he was technically traded for, but Forsberg has played his entire NHL career in this uniform. Mm-hmm. How bad is it going to look on this franchise and David Poyle, but more or less this franchise in general, for future free agents and future players if you let a player like that just go because you just didn't want to pony up and you didn't want to, you know, like I, I get that there, there's this camp out there and I totally understand it, but there's this camp out there that's out there saying, a lot of people are saying this, that, oh, this is all fool's gold. Forsberg's mm-hmm. not going to do this in a couple seasons. He's just having an insane season. His shooting percentage is way up there, all that stuff. I get that, but it, you could play that, game with anybody you're going to resign it's always a risk when you resign a player unless you have a Connor mcdavid or an austin or one of these generationally great players in your back pocket you're always taking a risk of that player declining if you play that game if you play that that game of oh well i can't pay this player because he might not be as good next year well, then you're never going to have any good players. You're just always yep. going to be shipping players off left and right, and Absolutely. you're going to constantly just have to grow. Like I just don't agree with that thinking. Like even at if that it point, does, blow, just, yeah. At that point, you're playing a video game, right? Yeah, I mean, Where, even if it you know, even if it does, even if it does blow up, declines to trade them away. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's like yeah, of course it could happen. Of course it could happen, but you can't play these what ifs with a player like Forsberg I just don't agree with it like I just don't it's not like it's not like he was chopped liver before this season is that's what I that's what really throws me off it's like I I could understand if he like came out of nowhere this season and and we were talking about this but the guy was still a great player before this season and he's just happened to have a career year during his contract season more power to him more power to him Good for you, Philip Forsberg. You picked this, the perfect this, season to have a career year. This whole thing is like if you crossed a chess game with a crapshoot, 
I mean, it's all just, <laughs> it's all just, you know, what ifs, man. You know, there's no way of knowing for sure anything. So, yeah. All right. So yeah. this is episode 115 of Catfish on Ice. We have been joined by Bo- by Boyd Farish of Penalty Box Radio. We're going to get you out of here with this. Boyd, what, how far do you think this team can actually go now that we're past the trade deadline? We have a pretty <laughs> good idea of what this playoff roster is going to look like. I'd really love to hear your honest expectations. You can even talk about potential matchups, who who they might face if they make the playoffs and all this stuff. I really want to just get your overall expectations now post-trade deadline for this team. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's, it's definitely a team that, based on the way they've played this year and the, the type of game they play, they are extremely physical, and honestly, they're they're one of the best defensive teams in the league. It's, it's actually been sort of under it's it's been a bit of an undersold narrative, mm-hmm. just because Yossi, Duchesne, Forsberg, Saros are sort of stealing all the headlines about it. But the Predators' defense is one of the best in the NHL at limiting chances, and especially high danger chances, which is quite a pivot from the last couple of years where they couldn't move anybody from the front of the net. But they are one of the best defensive teams in the league. They have two elite scoring forwards right now and an elite defenseman offensively and an elite defensive defensively. They have a goalie who's playing at an elite level. That is a team that is built to win in the playoffs with one problem. They don't create chances at five on five. Mm-hmm. That That mm-hmm. is the one thing that will hold them back in the sense that they will have to, in the playoffs where everything gets tougher, they will have to continue to finish at this absolute elite level that they have this season. It's possible. They could still do it, but it's it's going to be more challenging. So if things continue the way they are, certainly a little bit based on matchups, they could be a conference final team. But there's there's no reason. Oh, they could. I love it. I like I it. I love it. Could they beat? I mean, All right. if, if you run down anyone outside of Colorado, <laughs> Calgary, Minnesota, St. Louis, Edmonton, I could see the Predators beating any one of those teams in a seven. Maybe season. LA Colorado. There. Don't leave that LA. LA hanging Don't around. Don't leave that LA. But All them right. too. I mean, I could see yeah. it. I, yeah. I see what you're saying, man. I love the optimism. Uh, yeah. It's going to make for a really good last part of the season here. It really is. Uh, Boyd, it's been awesome having you join us yeah, for episode absolutely. 115 of Catfish on Ice. You're welcome back anytime. We will definitely have you back if you want to come back. We love talking hockey with you, man. Hey, really appreciate you guys having me. It's been a blast. Uh, looking forward to the rest of the season and uh, joining you guys again sometime soon. And awesome. definitely, we'll talk about it again. Before we let for you sure. go, before we let you go, tell all the listeners where they can find your work, how they can follow you on Twitter and all that stuff. Tell our listeners yeah, to do that. Absolutely. You can uh, find me on Twitter at Boyd underscore one, two, one, two. Uh, my written work at uh, penaltyboxradio.com and the Predator Way podcast on uh, any of the main podcasting services. Uh, just search for Penalty Box Radio and you'll find it. Awesome. Awesome. We'll do a collaboration with you sometime. Your podcast is well underway. Podcast. Yes, we will do that. We will coordinate that. 
Thanks, much. Thanks, everyone, for listening and watching on our YouTube channel. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. This has been episode 115 of Catfish on Ice, brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Everyone have a great week. We will talk to you later this week for a brand new episode. See us on Thursday. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Thanks, y'all. Have a good one.